Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. up scott the legend lives on from the chippewa on down of the big lake they call get the lake it is said never gives up her dead when the skies of november turn gloomy Yeah, as a Navy man, this song means so much to me, and today is a huge loss. Uh, Mr. Gordon Lightfoot passed away, I believe it was yesterday. mm -mm 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 -mm. He was 84. He had a good run. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean... Dude, he was only two years older than my dad. Wow. Actually, he was the same age as my dad. If my dad would have been, if my dad would still be alive. So, uh, yes. Rest in peace, Gordon. We'll miss you. I don't think he toured or did anything for years he was he did small tours because somebody told me he was in akron or cleveland just a few years back but uh i can neither confirm or deny that yeah all right welcome to the davis and davis show hi everybody I'm your host, Scott. I'm your hostess, Burke. Yeah. Still in my uniform. (laughs) But that's actually a cool looking shirt. I mean, it's kind of Hawaiian style. I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of. uh... So I used to be a fat kid. (laughs) I'm down to 225 now. Damn, I, I, I'm down ten-ish pounds. I'm down to two fifty-two. So that's good, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. for you, that's that's good because you you were getting to be a, a, a weeble wobble. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Are, hey, wait. Are are they doing the the weight loss thing at work? No, I just decided I didn't want to look like a fat tub of lard this summer. So, mm. and then it's a good thing because, of course, you know the. The doctors are all going, you must lose weight, blah, 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 blah. I'm already down 10 pounds. Shut the Sorry. Mm. I have a cardiologist appointment tomorrow, and I have blood work due tomorrow. So to figure out where on the campus both of those places are in relation to each other, figure out what I'm going to, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. So 
and I updated some of the website, so some of the uh, bourbon reviews are a little more up to date and oh, changed wow. uh, changed the background of the bourbon page, just a little something a little more gothic. Um, yeah, trying to trying to get there, and I've got this cool uh, blood pressure cuff now. I got it from Amazon. It was like forty bucks, but it will upload the results to an app on your phone. So, and then you can email that app to your doctor in like three different formats. It's really kind of cool. Hmm. So I, I guess we should kind of explain why Burke is talking about doctors and all this stuff. He, if you tuned in last week, you know that I went to the ER room. <laughs> Burke died last week. And... <laughs> Not dead yet. That's the second thing on my blog that says I'm not dead yet. Just so you know, <laughs> I have a picture of me like with all my anodes and cathodes and shit attached to my chest on there too. So shield your eyes and don't let the ch- kids look at that one. That's a, a lot little, of white skin. Whole lot of hair. Whole yeah, lot was, of hair. It was kind of trimmed down. It's just a lot of white skin, man. <laughs> you are white. Oh, pasty. So yeah, I mean. All right, sir. Um, I'm glad that you're in better health. Losing weight is a very fun thing, especially when you hit that stall. Not just the stall. You go up a little bit. I had Jordan's wedding in the middle of my weight loss program. No, that sucks. (laughs) I went down to 227, and after Jordan's wedding, I was back up at 340. I somehow doubt that, but okay. (laughs) It just felt like that. No. I weighed myself. I was 339.2. You were two what and went to what? Not to, oh, sorry. I was two two twenty seven and I went up to two forty. Well, oh, two thirty nine. Okay. That I believe. Did I say three thirty nine? Yeah, I'm like, you did yeah. not go up a hundred pounds. What are you talking Dude, about? Quit exaggerating. I I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's a- um, yeah, it's a, I I totally eat a lot, and eating a lot brings up our new segment which i can't remember what it was it's not the bob news network what was ah yes motivational motivational speeches or wait uh, it's it's the davis and davis show motivational minute are you ready oh i'm ready now take a shit every day at least once a day, take a mighty shit, preferably in the morning. Taking a shit is good for your mind, body, and your soul. When you don't take a shit, you carry the heaviness and all the negative energy, the aggression, the anger, the resentment. But when you take a shit, you are releasing this from inside of you. Too many people walk around with a shitty attitude every day. Why? Because they don't take a shit. Don't take any important decision in your life without taking a shit first. 
If you want to break up with your partner or buy a house, take a shit first and then decide if it is the right thing to do. Drink the water, eat the brand and take a mighty shit whenever possible. And don't forget to wash your ass after. That is life. <laughs> uh, that is your motivational minute here on the Davis and Davis show. Oh my god. Um, uh, <laughs> I the the people at work have to laugh their ass off because I find all these while I'm sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> So from the other stall here, take a mighty shit. I think I'll play that for my doctor the next time I see him. You're carrying around a lot of negative energy. Go take a shit. Uh, oh, so, so Burke, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight is, I wouldn't say it's going backwards, but I found, remember that that bottle of bourbon that was like recommended to me and it was uh, it was old scout something and it was like a cask so and so and it was really intense it was really good this is just their normal everyday bourbon it is old scout smooth ambler mm. that's a much better picture 49 so it's 99 proof okay non chill filtered that is all I have on that label from there, but it is, it's, it's good. It, it, it's good. It is. I can kind of see where the real intenseness comes from. This has still got a some of those like cherry tannin flavors. There's a lot of mid notes in this one, but let me take another. Sure. my nose is stuffed it's a little tough to well there, there's definitely some there's sweetness in there maybe the touch of vanillas but this is more of an oak and floral or fruit note i guess so this is kind of a nice mid-tone bourbon um not especially burny or anything so it is it's it's the kind of thing that would is a nice palate cleanser if you've been drinking a lot of the the sweet stuff or something like that. This kind of cuts through that a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's no, it's very very enjoyable. So, hmm. and uh, what about you? What are you drinking this evening? Well, I went back to an old reliable, and that is Crown Royal Peach mixed with ginger ale. Mm. Probably you don't mix that with iced ale. tea. Uh, you know, I I like the bubbles. Okay, yeah, that's, I, that I, that's valid. I'm a bubbly guy. So the peach and the ginger ale—that does sound like a good combination. It's mm. all right. So the Crown Royal Peach on its own is not super sweet. But it's sweet enough to where you kind of sit back and go, hmm, this is why I use diet ginger ale. Yeah. Well, that you're of, on a diet. 
Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really trying to cut as much sugar out so that I can drink more. Um, ooh, hang on a second. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't a sneeze exactly. <laughs> nope. Did you hit the sneeze button first? <laughs> I hit the sneeze button, though. Um, it's not overly sweet, which is why I like it. Now, I, the iced tea, it was a little bit too dry. Not not enough sweetness for me. Mm, okay. If I'm going for this type of a drink, I kind of kind of want it to be a little bit sweet. It reminds me a lot of the Bacardi pineapple. Interesting. Okay. Um, which... I love that Bacardi pineapple. Uh, is there a fly on your wall? What are you staring at? I don't see my Bacardi pineapple up there. <laughs> Did it get bobified? <laughs> like the that? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to put a camera in that room. Just to make sure nobody's getting in there. <laughs> I I went and got one of the okay, I don't know if you've seen these commercials. Um there's a door handle. Sixty-nine dollars. Nice. Best thing that I have ever bought. It works off of a fingerprint. Ooh. Which is cool as all get out. Now the only thing that makes me really freaking nervous about that is what if the battery dies? Oh, they they've always got they've always got a way to back like you unscrew a panel and the you yeah. know there there's always a way to do that. I mean even with the cars with the push button start, they've got a way to get around it in case the battery dies, so. Yeah. Well, I uh I I I installed said uh handle and I marked all my bottles. You are fro- oh, you frozen. Oh, you're back. That was interesting. Well, I was frozen. You were frozen too. No, we we were both chilling. We were gelling like a felon. <laughs> what the hell you say? <sighs> Anyways, on that note, I think we're close enough. Fair enough. Uh, oh, actually. Uh, did I ask you if anything new has happened? I mean, you told us about the doctor and all that stuff. Yeah, the, the doctor stuff is about all that's new for me. So, yeah, that's about it. Anything new with you? Um, work. Door handle and work and work. You had the and, car out. You sent me a picture of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I pulled into the gas station today, and the lady behind the counter was like, I've never sat in a BMW before. And I went. Uh, Sucks being you. Sorry. <laughs> Let me know when that happens for you, lady. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Uh, as everyone heard. A little beepy means it's time to take a quick break, and we shall be how, right back. How quick of a break? Uh, I don't care. Um, all right. I, I'm just going to. We'll be right back. 
Georgia's is my favorite place to go. Southbound 35. much of our country is this also pat green oh. i might have to edit that out <sighs> welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen hey um <laughs> apparently i did a full paw there I just... well i i was gonna 
post on the Facebook page. The first person that can guess who this artist is. <laughs> you didn't bother to like type that into the chat. Good job, Scott. Good job. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, folks. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's no, a winner today. Nobody's a winner today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Pat Green. Yes, that's who it is. Um, unfortunately for the audience, they didn't get to guess. <laughs> I had to ask. I have no clue. Mm. This is foreign as football to me, so. Well, at work lately, all they've been playing is country. And, uh, I, I must hear Pat Green eight to ten times a day and uh i just kind of sat back and i went hey i gotta put some pat green in here today um that's not bad i mean the the first song you played was a lot of kind of blues grass vibe to it i like the fiddling and you know it's not bad this one southbound 35 one of his most famous songs which when he became a an international hit, he actually changed the lyrics of the song. Instead of it saying Heineken drinking Yankee mother effer, um, he took out the y- Yankee thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there's people up north listening to his music, too. Don't want to piss them off. A classic Texas songwriter has written many songs with uh, Willie Nelson and Lyle Lovett and all of them. Um, As a matter of fact, I know I've told this story before. I literally went all the way to New Hampshire one time to see him. New Hampshire. I am living in the Shire. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So there, there you go. There was the lesson for the day, people. Other than take a mess of shit. Take a shit. Every day. (laughs) I think you might hear that. You might hear that sound bite a lot. (laughs) Just going to clip that a little bit off. Put that on a button. Take a massive shit every day. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the first episode that comes out with our new inspirational moments. <laughs> Today's inspirational moment by it, it, KTEL <laughs> and Ronco. 
Every dead body on the face of Mount Everest was once a very motivated individual. Motivation can kill you. Do not let motivation take you there and kill you dead. It's all kinds of wrong. Oh, this is a this is a part two show. Yeah, yeah, we're well, well, yeah, yeah. This is a along the same vein as last week, where we talked about the book, the play, and the movie of Mash. And today we are going to discuss a little bit about the TV series of Mash, which had eleven seasons, started on September seventeenth, nineteen seventy-two. And ended in February of 1983. Okay. Uh... I don't have a ton of stuff on here. I did. The one thing that kind of did like strike me was they, they, somebody was talking about as the series progressed, it made a significant shift from being primarily a comedy with dramatic undertones to a drama with comedic overtones. And I sat back, I was like, yeah, they're right. It really, like when, when Trapper John was on there, it was all slapstick and comedy. And they're every now and then they'd interject a little drama. And as, as the series went on, they tackled bigger stuff and it became more of a, almost a soap opera in a way. In a way it kind of, did i well they had story arcs for characters that kind of played out you know during a season and stuff like that and because who was it uh co-creator and comedy writer larry gelbart departed the season after season four uh executive producer gene reynolds departed after the conclusion of season five in 77 resulting in mash being almost fully stripped of its original comedic foundation by the beginning of season six so yeah like I read that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so to segue into the MASH thing, uh, we, we've already talked about the movie. The, uh, the TV series started out as almost a slapstick. Mm-hmm. A lot of very loud uh, laugh tracks. Uh, did you read about that? Um, that's actually in my trivia. Hello. Should I, should I spoil that piece of trivia then? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have tons of, I mean, that's cool. There's I. Oh yeah. There's tons of it. So as the years, as the years progressed, the volume of the laugh track was decreased ever so slightly, like every month you know so it was very very low low key and i want to say there was i don't i can't remember I, I for sure there were four episodes with zero laugh track on there mm, yes that's uh, uh according to my trivia there were four episodes um and they were extremely serious episodes mm-hmm. yeah they were they had some yeah, they had some they had some really good serious episodes on there. Now, I'm gonna 
I'm going to read off a few names here. Okay. That I think would amaze you that they were, um, they were players in this long running series. I have a few of those before they got totally famous, like G.W. Bailey. Okay. Uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Um, where's my dancer? Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <clears throat> Tom Devers. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, let me keep going. Uh, Robert Simon. Uh, Buck, Buck Young. Okay. John Ritter. Uh, you, you, Robert Simon, you might remember as the Admiral from Airwolf. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Okay. Uh... Uh, Lawrence Fishburne showed up. Lawrence Fishburne was on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to read faster. Yeah, I know. Pat Moriarta. Marita. Marita. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Yep. Uh, George Went from uh, Cheers showed up on that, as did Shelley Long. Yes. Um, Robert Ito was in it. And for those of you who don't remember Robert Ito, he was, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Correct. Okay. Um, but he was also in Star Trek Voyager as John Kim for one episode. Okay. Um, he was, uh, he's been a lot bigger in um anime and different stuff like this voiceover and 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 and, yeah yeah but he was the voice for age of empires number three nice any of you gamers out there are gonna know age of empires what was his name again sorry richard richard ito born 2nd July 1931 in Vancouver, British Columbia. Starred in Rollerball, Quincy M.E. Uh, oh, that's right. He was on Quincy M.E. as uh Why am I not finding this guy? Richard Ito. Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, gosh. Yeah, him. Okay. Was he the key master? And, uh... He was Robert Ito. Robert Ito. Oh, oh, Richard. oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. He was in um he was in a Star Trek Next Generation episode as one of mm-hmm. the teachers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. He was in Buckaroo Bonsai? I did yes. not know that. He was in Oh yeah, Across the Eighth Dimension, Rollerball, Quincy. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff over the years. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> and, and and since you're coughing on top of that. Did you know that there was only one Korean actor in the whole series? 
No, I didn't. Yeah, everybody else was Asian, but none of them were Korean except for Soon Tech O. You can look him up. S O O N dash T E K O H. Soon Tech O. He played a couple different characters, both on the good guys and bad guys army uh, in, in uh, Korea there. But yeah, he's the only actor of Korean descent ever to be on the show. Everybody else was, you know, Chinese or Japanese or whatever. Uh, Joan Van Ark. Well, I forgot about her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's who? Uh, what all she went? Knots Landings was where. Yes. Yep. Uh, 327 Ed, episodes on Knots Landings. Shoo. Yeah. Ed, Ed Begley Jr. showed up on uh episode. Yes, he did. Uh, James Gregory, uh, who was. What? What was the TV show that he was in? Um, I remember him from the Manchurian can- Candidate. Barney Miller as Inspector Luger. Oh, better yet, he was on uh, Barney Miller. He showed up. At, yeah, he was. Yeah, sorry, you just said that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm typing while you're talking. I was like, yeah. Yeah, he just showed great dry sense of humor. Great dude. Another guy on Quincy. Um, but his character on Barney Miller was it was fabulous. <laughs> he was he was the cop that didn't care. Uh he was he just zero a, fucks to give. <laughs> <laughs> um start on the love boat. Ooh. Oh, dude! Everybody that was in that showed up in this cast showed up on the love boat at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, or they were uh, on Love American Style or Rowan Martin's Laughing. They they all showed up in all of those shows. Did you know Andrew Dice Clay was in Mash? I did know that. I saw uh-huh. his name. Uh, Michael Lerner. Oh, okay who i love just <laughs> it anytime he plays the father in something it's it's always the he, he's always that jewish father that you kind of sit there and go well yeah um he's just like deadpan through it all uh for those of you who are wondering he was in x-men glee uh, where's some of his famous stuff? Dirty, sexy money. Oh, Godzilla, was... Barton Fink, Elf, X Men: Days of Future Past, Poster Boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Godzilla. He plays the mayor in Godzilla. For richer or poorer. He was in Clueless. Really? Clueless, the TV series. Oh, okay. Um, Bill Street Blues made an appearance. Yeah, yeah. And he was in Newsies, of all things. <laughs> he would Newsies. Fit right he's, he's very much a character actor. Did, did I mention Terry Gar? Uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. 
She showed up in an episode. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty's done everything. But it's Ned Beatty. <laughs> you already mentioned Shelley Long. Yeah. Rita Wilson. Why do I have that name? Rita Wilson was in this? I don't see her on my list. Apparently. I I really don't see her on my list. I What the hell you say? I don't know. That, that was whatever thing I was looking at, it popped up as Rita Wilson. Maybe not the younger Rita Wilson, but a Rita Wilson. Huh. Uh, Patrick Swayze, we already yep. talked about Jane Connell. Uh, Nicholas Pryor. She played Lieutenant Lacey in 1982. Ooh. Um, so I guess the point that I was making with this is that through the 70s and 80s, this TV show literally. There's a springboard for a lot of talent. Was, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Patrick Swayze who was brought in as a soldier who w- had been injured. Um, which was really no he had leukemia that was it that was it and uh and he was gonna die oh i think that's a yeah i think we've gone through enough of Mm -hmm. listen go to imdb the list is huge (laughs) it is long and distinguished it is Joe Pantaliano. Really? Nice. Yes. It's, uh, uh, Guido the Killer Pimp, isn't it? It is. Uh, Barbara Tarbuck. I was really trying to see if uh, somebody like Henry Winkler. or Because um, Henry Winkler was pretty big back then. Uh, he was doing Happy Days at that time, I think. That, yeah, that could be. David Packer, he's packing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Needless to say, this was a springboard for many people. But I kind of have to mention something that I mentioned in the last episode. And that's that out of the movie, only one person made it to the television show. He was perfect. (laughs) You couldn't recast him. He was perfect. Well, Radar um, was really the one character... All right, so we're going to kind of do a character comparison a little bit. Yeah, okay. Over the movie. Gary Berghoff 
was incredible as Radar. And I hated it when he left the show. That Claire um, took over season eight or nine. I can't remember. Eight or that. nine. But Gary was adamant about not being typecast as Radar in the future, even though he didn't have a lot of opportunities. Yeah. After MASH. Um, but there are several characters on the, the TV show that were in the movie. Hawkeye Pierce, who was yep. played by in the movie. Uh, uh, that was, that uh, was uh, Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Yep. In the TV show played by Loretta or <laughs> <laughs> Loretta Swift, yes, good. <laughs> Can you tell it was a long day at work? Yeah, it was a long day for you, apparently. <laughs> Played by Alan Alta. Um, what? Which one do you think? Well, you saw more of Alan Alda than you did Donald Sutherland. Um, but. I really kind of liked Alan Alda better as Hawkeye. Donald Sutherland was it, well, just yeah, a okay. bit too dry. Well, I mean, you know, he, he and he and uh, uh, Elliot Gould were trying to under understage each other all the time, so they were two very dry characters. Uh, I, I did, I did enjoy Elliot Gould's portrayal of uh, oh god, who did Trapper John? I think more than I enjoyed Sutherland's Hawkeye Pierce. Um, now, now, Trapper John was played by, wasn't that Wayne Rogers? Wayne Rogers for three seasons. For three seasons. Do, do you know how he got out of it? He died. No. I mean, do you know how Wayne Rogers got out of... Oh. Um... No, <laughs> I got trivia on you. Uh, they said, you know, your contract states that you're going to be here for five or six seasons. In other words, they went back to the contract and realized he never signed it. <laughs> he just left and said, I'm out. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> uh. What the hell, you? <laughs> and of That's course, a... and of course, they were saying, "I will send you to Jesus." <laughs> You're like, you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> um, McLean Stevens, Henry Blake. Versus, um, oh gosh, where is he? I forget his name, but he was. He, he was, uh, the, the he, Roger Bowen played were, it in the movie. I, I, they were very similar. They were. Um, except at, like in the TV series, Henry was not having an affair. With every nurse. Oh, no, no. That was the thing in the movie was it was only the one nurse. 
Like that's because when they rolled into camp originally, like radar, like whispered into Hawkeye's ear about that one nurse he was looking at basically. Oh yeah. That's the Colonel's nurse. Stay away from that one. (laughs) But, uh, but I, uh, but th- very similar sensibilities and, and kind of vibes from both of them. So, I think McLean Stevens took uh, took the character a little bit further. Well, he, yeah, he had more than two hours. Of course, he did. He was he was always wearing the bucket hat with with the, the flies, fishing the lures. fishing flies, and. <laughs> I, I just I really loved McLean Stevens. Now Bowen was great. That was actually one of my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah. Besides Spear Chucker. <laughs> just because you like saying the name Spear Tucker. <laughs> uh, through Javelin in college. That's for white people. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why they call you that. Okay. We'll have to edit that in post. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, Hot Lips. Loretta Swit versus... Sally Kellerman. Sally Kellerman. Once again, Loretta Swit had a lot more time to grow into the role and and hers was kind of an arc um i mean she was just nothing but angry in the first couple seasons more than anything else yeah uh loretta swit took me a few took me a while to actually like her as um that character uh as hot lips and i don't know why it took a couple of seasons for me to finally go okay well i i think she was too uptight in the beginning yeah i mean that's that that was how she was written that's how she was in the movie you know it's and she kind of relaxed like in the movie at the end she was like you know pulling around with um was it no uh uh oh gosh i can't remember the third guy in the Tom Skerritt's character, Duke Forrest. Yeah. Yeah, she was fooling around Duke at the end there and everything. And, and you know, and Margaret kind of loosened up and, you know. Margaret, yeah. Mary Houlihan. Uh, Major later, Frank. Later Penobscot. <laughs> <laughs> Major Frank Burns, played by Larry Linville in the TV series on the movie. It was Robert Duvall. Correct. And very different characters totally different characters um and i think they really needed to change that for the tv show uh, yeah i don't think he could get away with that what? super religious on the tv show per se the uh, robert duvall's portrayal was was great oh yeah right up until they they had him locked up for being nuts <laughs> and on the TV series, they had to tone down the craziness to maintain the character because that yeah. character, I mean, what when, when he's a great foil for those two guys in the swamp. Yeah, you need that antagonist in in the swamp. Yeah, um, it, 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 it was more the you know geeky guy, but granted, he was higher rank 
he was, you know, regular army as opposed to being drafted. So, you know, he thought he was better than them, but it's kind of like the, the, the bully who, you know, the kid who was bullied and then got to be in a place of importance. And then he's doing the bullying because he's the important guy, you know? Now, I don't know if the studios knew that they were going to get rid of Frank or he was going to leave. But Major Winchester actually came in the year before he left. That I didn't know. Yes, he came in in 1977, and Frank Burns left MASH in 1978. I didn't know there was any overlap there. Was there four of them in that tent then, or what happened? That I don't remember off the top of my head. My notes don't say anything about it. Um, But it Hmm. does state that Major Frank Burns was in 120 episodes, 1972 to 1978. David Ogden Styers, who played Major Winchester, was in 131 episodes from 1977 to 1983. It must have been filming dates because my info here says that Frank Burns was in season one through five. And Charles Emerson Winchester was in seasons six through 11. So maybe he joined the cast earlier than his stuff was put out. I I don't know. But I, I honestly, I don't remember them ever overlapping and talking to each other. So. Uh, let's see here. Ooh, this is actually kind of cool. Uh, I have IMDb Pro, and oh. um, I am actually able to look up which episodes he was in in 1977. Uh, Fade Out, Fade In in 1977. Let's see about Larry Linville's. Uh, Linville, Margaret's marriage. Okay, so I I see what they did. They did not overlap, but Larry Linville left in the middle of a season. Ah, okay. So that's why it's coming up that he was in until 1978 because the season wasn't over until 1978. Uh, But going through his episodes, his last episode was Margaret's Marriage. And the very next episode was Fade Out, Fade In with Major Winchester. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, you corrected me. I I just, and I'm doing this from memory from, what, 30 plus years ago of watching reruns. And I think I, lo- I watched right. a lot of that show on its original airings. Wow. We were in Ohio in 76. So yeah, I was, I was probably from 76 on watching that full time. All right. The last person to compare in the movie to the TV series is going to be father Mulcahy. Uh, Father Mulcahy in the TV series is is portrayed by William Christopher. Yep. 
and then Renee Aubergeon. I cannot pronounce his name. Aubergeonis. Renee. We just call him Renee. Yeah. That's a, uh, two, they, they feel like two very different characters. Um, I mean, Renee played it as he's stuck out there and trying to do what he can, but he had some zero fucks to give it sometimes too, yeah. which was hilarious to watch. Um, and Father Mulcahy was a much more innocent and always viewed everything in with innocent eyes than Renee's character did. Yeah, William Christopher's uh portrayal was very much of a oh my type character. Like yeah. he was surprised at the stuff that was going on where Renee's portrayal of him he knew what was going on it's almost like it's almost like williams william christopher's portrayal was more naive than the original naive is not exactly the word uh, he it just had a, a a brighter well not a brighter outlook he just had a more positive outlook even when things were horrific and horrible and he always felt that 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 he could do good that other people could do good that there was good in everybody you know he just had a a, a more positive outlook on life and, and and once again he needed a more upbeat atmosphere for the tv show because i mean the movie was dark it yeah. was dark as hell i mean and people like me love that shit. but for a tv audience you you, you need you know you need you need somebody that isn't a womanizer or sarcastic or whatever. Yeah, he was like he was like the the every man almost in the camp. Yeah, because he didn't really got into the the jocularity. You know? uh, I do want to talk about um, G W Bailey's character. I don't know if you remember this, but Sergeant rizzo from oh the, yeah from the motor pool yeah you know i liked him every time something got totally reminded me of the same character um in the movie but it wasn't it wasn't tony rizzo i can't remember no, I... the head of the motor pool who kept having his jeep stolen yeah uh, <laughs> well that was it that was at a that was at whatever command yeah. down the road but yeah <laughs> Rizzo was really, really good. Uh, I loved that character. He, uh, he was probably another one of those characters that was only supposed to be on one episode, and they liked him so much they brought him back. Because, because what's the other character they did that to? The uh, Clinger and Clinger was only supposed to be yeah. in one episode, yeah. and he was supposed to be gay. But they just, but he just played it off as he just wanted to get out of the army wearing dresses, and they liked his character so much they brought him back. Yeah, and he, I, and I gotta admit, I loved Klinger's character. Now I, I kind of, um, I kind of take Mash the TV series, and I consider it to be almost two eras. 
And, and that's the, you have the Henry Blake era. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Sherman Potter era. Because Henry Blake left almost the same time as Trapper John. Well, yeah, very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you, you kind of have these two eras to to bounce off of each other. Uh, the first era, the, the Henry Blake era, I would say, uh, like I said earlier, I consider it almost more slapstick. Yeah. Well, they had um, comedy writers and producers at that point in time. Yeah. It, it was definitely not a serious thing. Uh, reminding me of of what we talked about in the movie where there wasn't supposed to be any mention of where the war was yeah it was it was it's it's all it was all political about the vietnam war that was currently going on but you couldn't say that so they it was set in korea supposedly yeah um the the henry blake era wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I liked his character, but yeah, it was. I, I liked it when it got a little more serious and a little more in depth, and 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 they allowed the actors to have input into their mm-hmm. characters. Um. Although I got enough time for this, there was. Let me find this real quick. There was a time when. They the writers were getting kind of sick with all this input that I want my character to do this, I want more screen time, blah 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 blah. So the writers <laughs> wrote two scripts that took place in the dead of winter in Korea. However, filming took place in California in the dead of summer, and they all had to wear parkas the whole time. <laughs> What dickheads. I love that. I I do love that. Um, But but honestly, they did did take a lot of cues from the character. I mean, Klinger's character, obviously, the writers, like he started talking about Toledo. And and people thought that the Toledo Mudhens was a made-up baseball team. No. Jamie Farr grew up in Toledo. That was all his childhood. All the places... Tony Paco's, you know, and, and, and all that, that was all part of Jamie Farr's childhood. And they just worked it into the script because it sounded good, you know, and then it was easy for them to remember. And then, um, Mike Farrell, uh, BJ Honeycutt asked the writers. We haven't even gotten into that era. Well, I'm just saying as another writer kind of thing, he asked the writers to change the name of his fictitious daughter to Aaron, which was his real life daughter. Okay. Um, God, I totally lost my train. Sorry about that. I had some way to segue into the second season, the second era. Yeah. The second era. Um, (laughs) What I I want to talk about how when we tra- okay first off 
you brought up one point that I have to say something about. Klinger was in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Klinger was not in the movie, but no. that that character was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, he brought so much of himself into it. I literally have a Toledo Mud Hens shirt <laughs> just because of Klinger. <laughs> I have met his daughter. Oh, wow. Cool. Oh, she's she's phenomenal. She's great to work with. Very fun actress. Well, actually, uh, we were doing something that she was emceeing, and um, <clears throat> she was on Love Line with Love Line with uh, Doctor Doctor Ruth. No, not Doctor Ruth. No, it was Doctor Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew Pinsky. (laughs) And it was, she was the, the co-host of Loveline. It was Dr. Drew Pinsky and Adam Carolla. Now I remember. Now I remember. Uh, On MTV. I think it was MTV. Um, But yeah, just. The thing about Klinger was that you could go to Toledo and some of the places that he named, you could just see him there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Tony Pacos is still around and selling food. And yeah, absolutely. He still goes to Toledo Mud Hens games. Is he still alive? I think he is. I think so. Yeah. He hasn't died yet. Oh God, that's that's really dark and depressing. Thank you very much, Scott. He hasn't died yet. Emotional damage. I'm so sorry, Clinger. Uh-huh. Actually, Love Line was a radio call-in program. That's how it started. Then it became a television TV adaptation. Show. Level. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, and it was uh, uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky and Adam Carolla. Diana Farr. There you go. Very She's age fi- 53. Wow, okay. She's our age. Yeah. She's still smoking hot. There's no picture of her, but look. I, I will send you what I have. No. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh. I think I have seen her in other things. Yeah, she has been in Californication, Rescue Me, Splitting Up Numbers, Charmed. Okay, The Good Doctor. Yeah, she was in Numbers. Numbers was a great show that should have kept going. But Modern Family, there you go. CSI, yeah, I, I've seen, I've seen her. Desperate Housewives, Third Day, blah blah. Okay, anyway, getting off track. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. You can get off track. We only have forty seconds left before we. Already then. We have to break, and I have to step outside. So you want to you want to hear episode links like a 
episodes done real quick. Charles mm-hmm. Emerson Winchester, 133 episodes. Sherman T. Potter, Harry Morgan, 182. Well, shouldn't, shouldn't we introduce the new characters first? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we only got 13 seconds left, so. Yeah. I was going from bottom to top, so. But we have seven, six, five, five <laughs> four, three, three two, two, one. Wait, there it is. Make sure that you check back soon for part two of this podcast.